Okay, so hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Default Global. This is where we connect with global first entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all around the world to, to, uh, to share their experience and knowledge in the remote work and global hiring space. So our guest today is Shimon Makyon, a CEO at HumanMade. Shimon, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. But Absolutely. Absolutely. Siobhan, uh, as someone with an impressive background in remote work, I'm excited to have, have you here on this show today. And I would like you to make just maybe a brief introduction, you know, a few words about yourself, about your experience and maybe about your current role and the company itself. Sure. Um, so my name is Siobhan. I'm the CEO of Human, Human Mid. We're a remote web development agency and we also have a, a platform, a hosting platform called Altus. I have been working remotely for about 13 years now. Um, so okay. started out going freelance back in 2010, worked for various companies as a writer. Uh, I worked for WordPress uh, for a couple of years on the WordPress open source project and was an open source. Mm -hmm. And then joined Human Maids about between seven and eight years ago. Initially, I was organizing events, and then I took over as director of people operations, and then eventually transitioned into COO. But you know, my focus has been, I guess, growing, building, nurturing remote teams. I, you know, I'm really interested in uh, in remote work. I wrote a book about remote work, which was published in 2019. So the okay. misses the whole pandemic. It feels like I needs another chapter. But about, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the experience of remote work and also the impact that it's it's having on society as well uh, so yeah human made we are about 70 people at the minute uh we are distributed across around 24 countries around the world mm -hmm. um we don't have any head office or anything so we're all fully remote and we always have been so that's always been uh you know part of the reason i'm here is that i uh i love to work with remote teams i love the challenge of it Okay. Okay. Sounds good. In 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 your role as CEO of Human Made, it is clear that you that the company itself has been you know successful in providing digital solutions to brands like uh, TechCrunch, right, uh, Capgemini, USA Today, uh, and while at the same time being a fully distributed company, like you said, right. So, can you share with us some some of the key strategies your company has implemented for efficient international hiring and probably mm -hmm. for distributed team management? Yes. Yeah, so in terms of hiring, um, uh, a good recruitment tool, <laughs> you know, whenever I took over in my role, we were using Trello and it was just not, not mm -hmm. ideal for, for hiring. We, uh, we use Workable like human made, but there's loads of really great recruitment tools. So a tool that allows your team to be, autonomous and self-service so that your hiring managers can like kind of lead through the process yourself themselves mm -hmm. with support from you that reduces the need for people to be in the same time zone because you know you can you can get on and, and do the hiring work um i think uh so these are good practices for a remote or a co-located company you know setting really clear expectations with hiring managers and, and agreeing the process before you set out on it and agreeing who's going to do what at each stage mm -hmm. um and then I think something that's really important for remote is to use different techniques to assess different aspects of remote work. Uh, so we use uh, text interviews, um, email interviews to assess people's written skills because that's really important. You know, we're, we're communicating in Slack all of the time. We're communicating on blogs. And you have mm -hmm. to be able to, to communicate um, through text. 
almost more important for some roles than being able to communicate, you know, through a video or, or voice chat is being able to communicate through text. So we assess that through uh, as well. And then again, in terms of building teams, you know, there's, you, you've got to do that also at all sorts of different levels. So we rely heavily on communication tools. We use Slack for, um, general chit chat and synchronous stuff. We mm -hmm. use um, GitHub and internal blogs for asynchronous communication, you know, especially while well, our, our teams are, are somewhat located geographically, you'll of, we'll often find like little clusters together of similar, of similar teams. And then we have like team servicing different regions. Um, when we communicate as a whole company, we have, to, we have to be able to do that asynchronously and be able mm -hmm. to communicate across time zones. So we have uh, blogs and things for that. Um, and, you know, we, we re rely on things like our company retreats um, and meetups um, to build those social bonds. So they're, they're really important as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds good. And in one of your blog posts about human-made values, you, mm -hmm. you, you discussed the, this importance of um, acting with kindness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially in, in a remote work environment, right? So with that, can you share some practical maybe tips for fostering a, a culture of kindness in distributed teams across different time zones, different cultures, I mean, maybe even different continents? Yep. Uh, yeah, we have people across different continents for sure. Okay. Um, it's really about building that awareness of cultural differences. You don't have to know what all of the differences are, but you have mm -hmm. to be sensitive to the fact that cultural differences do exist. Okay. And so the way that you feel about what someone has written or said might be the result of a, of a clash of two cultures or a miscommunication, not necessarily the intention or what was said in the first place. So I always say that you should default to assuming best intentions with one another. And um, because mm -hmm. we can't, we can't know about in detail about the cultural nuances of every company, every country that is represented at the company, um, especially as we keep growing, but we can be aware that there that there are differences. And so our own position is re relative to the positions of other other um, cultural positions of other people in the company. And we have to keep that in mind. Um, and, you know, one way is not necessarily better than another way. It might just mm -hmm. seem more objectively true to me because I've been in culture to do that. So I think uh, keeping that in mind. Um, I think all part of that is creating space for people to feel they can ask questions uh, and mm -hmm. ask for clarity. Um, mm -hmm. sh there's no stupid questions. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say that, right. but really we want to be able to understand one another. So you have to make it okay to ask questions all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think then also normalizing asynchronous communication as a way for people to connect is, is really helpful as well. You know, some people, um, people who don't have English as a first language sometimes struggle in that sort of more quick fire, like synchronous, like everything is happening very quickly all of the time. Uh, and when you can have different layers and speeds of communication, then you can create ways for different for people to interact and, and engage. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important as well. Um, and I, I guess there's the whole the time zone side of things. So sharing that accountability for who's staying up late and who's getting up early, you know, we, we, we try to keep our work you know respect people's working hours and if people just want to work a nine to five that's fine um but sometimes you will need to like occasionally i'll be up at five to be mm -hmm. you know speaking to people on the other side of the world and that's fine 
and we share the but it doesn't happen very often we sort of share the accountability for that so it's not falling on the same people all the time to, to have to be doing mm -hmm. those are mm -hmm. those are some things that we sort of practically do okay okay and in the same blog post you mentioned something about psychological safety right mm -hmm. you, you said something that psychological safety is a is a an essential aspect of company values right mm -hmm. And can you can you talk more about this and what what does it mean like a psychological safety for employees right in your specifically in your company right and for maybe for distributed teams and how to build this psychological mm -hmm. safety environment yeah we want people to be able to bring all of themselves to feel work uh, to bring all of themselves to work and to feel able to take risks uh, and to be mm -hmm. themselves and you know the, the company is way more a better environment and more innovative if people can do those types of things and so we mm -hmm. have to like think about the way that people interact on all different levels so we have a sort of social level which is like creating connections and i think that is I think sometimes when companies just go remote, they don't really think about how to replicate that, that, you know, going for coffee after work or going for a drink and or just like hanging out in the corridor. And, and so we okay. do quite a lot of things like that. Like we have virtual coffee breaks to get people together. We have social channels. Uh, when we could never retreat, we had a virtual uh, company retreats and we, we have games that we play uh, like uh, Scribble and Type Racer and things like that. So it's just like you want to create that way of people connecting um, so they see each other as, as people, not just like, you know, typing or mm -hmm. words that appear on a screen. So that's really important. We then have, um, we have town halls, which are really open spaces where, where really everyone is encouraged to ask questions and also answer questions. So it's, um, we don't want to create an environment where it's like one way of like, you know, we have our executive team and people are asking questions and stuff is sort of mandated down. We want to be mm -hmm. much more collaborative and, and, you know, again no questions is a stupid question like we want to hear all of the questions and we want to discuss those and other people to bring their their answers even if they're like things that i don't agree with i like we, we should definitely talk about those things so we encourage encourage those mm -hmm. um uh recently so we you know we're we're a services agency uh, right. and recently um you know we we've had an allocations model where we're sort of moving people around all of the time to fit the needs of our project mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're currently transitioning to a more static model where we have squads um because we've realized that this the model of moving people around all the time it, it makes it difficult for teams to really form and have cohesion and you know go through all, all right. of those phases of actually becoming a team where you can have healthy conflict you can support one another your roles are really clearly defined um so that is a bit of a, a shift that we're going through at the minute because we recognize that some level of stability is necessary for teams to create that psychological safety mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah and i um and i guess like, like any company issues happen you know and, and it's really important when someone raises an issue to take it really seriously um and to address it which we do and our code of conduct is pretty explicit that you know you can't have retaliation that's a rough code of conduct violation and we really you know that's really important that people have a safe uh welcoming environment at work so that is really important to myself and, and you know all of the other leaders in the company too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay okay that sounds good you also mentioned that um you have employees in 25 countries that's what you said i think it's 24 at 
minute. 24? <laughs> okay. So anyway, can you share some maybe insights into your hiring practices, including maybe how how you how how the company selects maybe countries, you know, for hiring and how exactly you evaluate candidates for you know your distributed teams? Yeah, so we've evolved over the years. So our our approach originally was just like doesn't matter where you are, we'll hire you. Uh, right. and that was just our approach. And obviously then we, you know, we had to, you know, we're not, we don't have, uh, we can't employ everybody that we mm -hmm. work with. So often we have contractors like many robot companies. Okay. Blend of employees and contractors and other sort of mechanisms for recruiting people. Mm -hmm. um, we do, um, now we, we were a bit more intentional about, you know, if we are growing in Asia Pacific, for example, we'll look in in the asia pacific region and specific countries that you know we've had specifically in japan or singapore or mm -hmm. or um australia and, and like aim to grow there obviously that comes with a lot of challenges because hiring practices are so different across the world uh, and there imagine. is kind of some things that are the same but like uh i you know it's very hard or almost impossible to have knowledge of all of the countries where you want to hire and the practices so that that's that's yeah. a challenge but we you know we have we do successfully hire, so I guess I guess it's probably slower than it should be because we don't know as much about all of the countries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's how we approach the sort of regional aspect of it. Um, okay. Uh, I, I guess another thing to keep that I do think about in through the hiring process is um, again comes back to cultural differences and how that affects how someone will perform or interact through the hiring process like some countries are a lot more hierarchical some countries are more informal some mm -hmm, you know it's mm -hmm. very different and to try to keep that in mind um and and you know that's part of the reason we have all of the the different mechanisms for assessing whether someone's a good fit because we're looking at um you know writing you know whether they can to write to communicate you know their technical skills their communication skills through like verbal speaking so mm -hmm. there's, there's lots of different ways to look at that mm -hmm. Okay, got it, got it. And you you touched this, uh, but I would like to go a bit deeper to this. So um, you have like a, mm, teammates in twenty four countries, right? Mm -hmm. And it means that you 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 must navigate some various compliance considerations, right? When hiring and managing employee globally or teammates globally, right? Mm -hmm. Can you discuss how how the the company manages compliance in this context, right? So do you do you use some employer for record providers? Uh, do you hire only through contracting, or you have your own entities in some specific regions, specific yeah. countries? Just can you yeah. can you give us some more details about it? Yes. Yeah, so we have we're incorporated in the United Kingdom, United States, and Australia, but we also have a few branch offices as well, um, mm -hmm. and then we also use contractors. So prior to when you know. Through most of the life cycle of, of lifetime of human made, there hasn't been POs and uh, mm -hmm. like a remote or oyster deal in the way there are now, which are absolutely great. You know, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, but we've got a bit more of like a patchwork just because of the way that we've grown. Okay. Um, and also, just to be completely honest, they're it's quite expensive to hire through one of them. So that's true. <laughs> you know, we've worked for a VC invested company, but not for a company that's sort of bootstrapped like agency. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, compliance is compliance is one of the trickiest parts. I think, and you know, people ops is obviously right. 
a lot of that now but um and you know we make it more difficult for ourselves because we we want everyone at the company whether they're wherever they're employed or whatever their employment status to feel the same and to have the same experience and to feel like you know they're going to have the same uh you know protections and the same benefits as everybody else um so that yeah so when we're writing contracts we're trying to create parity across all of our contracts and all of our different um legal entities you know we're creating policies we're trying to make sure that we we're hitting our compliance requirements um while also making sure that that there's parity and then there's obviously there's obviously there's places where we can't there's things that we can't replicate so the united mm-hmm. states offers health care to everybody you know we we offer health care to people who don't have a national health service that's mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just offering a blanket and in australia the superannuation like their sort of pension type system is like there's 21 percent of salary so it's massive which obviously we can't right. replicate and offer right. that to yeah, so there's a sort of mix of pragmatism mm-hmm, plus mm-hmm. always hitting the compliance needs plus treating people equi- with, equitably which all sort of we try to pull together into what you know human made mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true and uh in i guess it was in one of your podcasts um you said something about uh, approaches that you, uh, your company has in terms of team building and cultivating this uh, sense of community among your teammates, right? Can yeah. you talk a bit about this? How exactly, how does it work? It's pretty tough, actually. Um, and I think it's become tougher <laughs> okay. since the pandemic because one mm-hmm. thing we realized in the pandemic was how reliant we are on meeting up. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we had an annual company retreat. We had meetups. We were very involved with the WordPress community. So we'd get together, like when people would go to word camps together. And, and so mm-hmm. we actually spent a lot of time together in person. And then that sort of just, that just sort of stopped uh, with the pandemic. And yeah. um, and I, that made it really tough. Like we definitely were looking for other ways for us to connect. And what, that's when we introduced more things like virtual coffees and mm-hmm. some virtual, virtual retreat things. Things like that. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've started to have our retreat again, which is great. And we're starting to like attend events together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you, you know, you need to create a really strong sense of identity for your company. Uh, you know, you have to have something that people want to be part of, like they want to be part of the story of the company, not just work there. And like, right. if you create that sense of identity, which you can do online, it's, it's different to do in an office. Mm-hmm. Um, then you you create a greater sense of cohesion but like i'm I'm right. not gonna lie it is difficult for people in asia pacific because the, mm-hmm. the, the center of gravity of human made is much more uh, in europe and mm-hmm. and i i it is difficult for people in asia pacific because the you know there's less chatter there's less stuff going on mm-hmm. uh, you know than there is uh, in european time zones and you know we do try to use asynchronous communication and things like mm-hmm. to, to help with that but it you know it, it doesn't solve all the problems. So that is uh, something we're on working on on an ongoing way. And again, this introduction of static teams uh, mm-hmm. is another way. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Good. And probably, probably um, my my last question for for today, uh, just based on your experience, you know, with global hiring, with remote work, can you give some advice uh, for you know? founders to founders who are just early into this process maybe executives who are new to this remote work and global hiring stuff what 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 are maybe some three key considerations they should keep in mind before going global um 
I'd say a big one is the first one is remote work. It's not just taking your office and replicating it online, which a lot of mm-hmm. people did in the pandemic. They were just like, okay, we were in that office now. We're just going to do the same. Uh, right. And now we're online. It, it's it's a different it's a different ballgame. It doesn't and, work. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can grind through the work and get the work done, but you mm-hmm. you're not going to get that sense of engagement, commitment that you need to really like, have your employees like really performing and your business doing well. So I think mm-hmm. you have to think about that. And you are very lucky in that there's lots of really great like remote leaders who are writing some of the internet and doing mm-hmm. podcasts and talking about things um and so learn from them you know there's uh yeah, obviously i've written a book about it uh it's called uh called life lived remotely just gonna plug my book but uh, mm-hmm. there are others uh there's um ali green and tamara sanderson just published a book called remote works mm-hmm. um which is a great one to get if you're thinking about going remote there's the gitlab handbook which is a fantastic resource which every person who's doing remote work uses and human made also has a public handbook or handbook's been public for about like okay. seven years I think so don't try and reinvent things learn from other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um uh the second thing is uh just think about the impact on your employees you know mm-hmm. there there are things that you're probably not going to think about too much like when you work remotely it's very very hard to create boundaries um, and that has a, can have a negative impact on the people who work for you. People struggle with isolation. You know, it throws up new challenges um, that you need to like take seriously and address uh, through your, you know, your culture and through your processes. Um, uh, and then I'd say the last thing is just, it's great. <laughs> like it's really great, like lean into remote working. You can make it work. It's not some sort of thing that you're saddled with. It's it can be a massive benefit to your company, to your employees, and really encourage people to like learn more about it and, 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 and you know, do it. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So thanks a lot, Siobhan, for sharing your valuable insights on your company strategies and practices that you're currently using in your company. Uh, yeah, it was really helpful. Thank you for taking the time and speak soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Yeah. See you.